0: Aloha and welcome to A Dose of Positivity. I am your host, Donna Maltz, known to many as Mama Donna. And each week I invite positive, knowledgeable guests to share their wisdom, passion, inspiration, and their determination to positively impact our world. You will meet the most incredible social and environmentally responsible activists, artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, health and wellness advocates, making a difference with their lives and their careers. The goal here is to bring you more positivity into your life. We invite you to share your goodness and inspiration, ask questions, and please invite others who are looking to be part of a positively, positive transformation. Thank you for joining us. Now it is time for a dose of positivity. Without further ado, this is my time and my greatest joy and pleasure to introduce you to this week's guest on A Dose of Positivity. Someone I've known for about 25 years who's definitely living like the future matters. Kat, I want you to just say hi to everyone. And before I give your bio, that's Kat right there. Kat Heber. And I'm just gonna read her bio. It's very fun. I had to shorten it a little, but you'll learn more about her. Um, and she will also put her links in the chat too, and actually tells where he put some, but Kat is the founder of Trust Climate Action Strategies. She helps influencers, activists, activate climate solutions in their lives in fun and empowering ways. Trust me, she is fun. She takes a hard subject and turns it into a a very, very, very palatable and digestible form. And that is something that is a gift that. We wish more of these scientists could bring to the table. She has been a TEDx organizer since 2009, and thanks to Kat, I have done two TEDx talks. Um, Yay! (laughs) One on on climate and and divesting from fossil fuels in in Alaska. Um, She is a climate reality leader mentor since 2013, and in 2014, this is my favorite thing, Kat walked across the United States of America in the Great March for Climate Action from LA to D.C. And she was arrested. This beautiful person. Oh, she has a great story about this. But anyway, she has served on the Wild Foundation Board of Directors for 15 years, helping to protect endangered habitat around the world. Kat is a world peace advocate, and she is also active in We Rotary Club International, inspiring teens and young professionals for world wilderness conservation. She served on the board for WILD for 15 years. And in 2020, during the lockdown, um, uh, some of us, I most people who I know on this call were very busy. She and her t- uh her team curated and produced twenty-eight countdown COVID clues, climate action, local impact online conversations with elders, youth, indigenous expats, CEOs, NGO executives. And needless to say, Kat is a soul sister and a wonderful <laughs> human. And I want to welcome uh her to this a dose of positivity and all of you. I thank thank. Thank you so much for being here today. So, Kat. That's
1: such a kind introduction, Donna. Thank you so much. Wow.
0: It doesn't do you justice, honey. So, um, just a reminder to all of you who are on. Put your comments in the chat for Kat now that you know who she is and Kat I would like to start out just asking a couple of questions to get the things moving here and um actually just one question and then I'm going to let you just kind of take it from there and uh, share what what you have to say and we'll just have a conversation about this and we've got Robin Richardson in the house from Global Food Collaborative and she is going to be one of our guests in the future and she knows a tremendous amount about um what's going on in relation to food and climate as well so robin will love to hear from you too so kat first question for you is how can our food choices reduce the ecological and climate crisis what 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 would you have to say about that
1: yeah my guess is donna this is something that has been part of your uh, foundational set of values and principles I'm sure that you've been talking about eating seasonally, eating low to the ground. Um, If possible, eating food that you have raised yourself, um, reducing processed foods. When we walked across the country in the Great March for Climate Action, uh, the first task that I was given was to go get food for our first day on the march. The first day, uh, it rained and rained and rained from Los Angeles, from the um, poor town of Wilmington near uh, Long Beach Port. So I got hypothermic. I was scared. The only map that we had was on my phone. My phone battery didn't last the full amount. I, yeah, I thought, oh my goodness, Dorothy, we are not in Kansas anymore. So I was happy to take on the task. We all did everything every day. So that was my first task. And there in Wilmington was a food desert. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but basically there is nothing living in a food desert. Everything is wrapped in plastic. You are hard pressed to find any fresh fruit or vegetables. Um, Dairy, it's like um, Fritos and Mountain Dew. And that certainly when I brought that back to our crowd, and said, this is the best I could do. They were shocked. And um, all along the way, we noticed that in suburban areas, poor communities that were often situated next to coal ash piles from coal power plants or landfills. Often they would have very poor sources of food. So we're very lucky, especially you, Donna, there in on the big island, you're growing so many gorgeous foods every day. I mean, there it is. Look at those. Today's
0: food, not flowers. What do you have right there? Maybe you can tell us what you are. Well, this is, believe it or not, one of our oranges and 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 another orange is. but um, you know everything is grown and regenerative and and totally nutrient dense organic soil, these are avocados and then I don't know a lot of people probably haven't seen this, but this is uh, turmeric um we just pulled this out of the ground and a super immune system building anti-inflammatory microbial rich nutrient dense uh roots and uh, actually next week dr harvey Hedgard's going to be going over all the immune system building things but yeah cat this is so exciting you know i love that you're talking about this and and i i i want uh, to just bring some light on the subject when when i first met cat like 25 years ago she She was not necessarily the cleanest eater. And, you know, it was a lot influenced by her family, but it is incredible because she did this climate march and I want to, you know, and saw all this. And I would love for you to share with people how you changed your diet. Like what triggered this big transformation and and how you're eating now in regards to climate justice and food desert and all of the things that...
1: Well, When I got COVID in March of 2020, that really intensified my uh, adoration for fruits and vegetables. Um, I had before, but this was a concentrated thing where my body just craved that for the immune system to regenerate itself. So I think I, I had been uh, a vegetarian before I got married, I've been married for 32 years. Um, but my husband's a big meat eater, so that influenced how I, we ra- raised our son. Um, but now it's just it, it's very uh refreshing to have fruits vegetables very little sugar very little carbs um eating on a regular schedule lots of water very few drinks um those kind of things are just natural now and when you compare those to um uh uh, a meat eaters diet which is takes about 16 times as much land to produce food as uh, a vegan diet
0: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. and the methane and everything from the cows and uh-huh. and i'm i'm, I'm going to say right now i am not a vegan or a vegetarian i am a 80 20 gal so um i i, I do believe there it, that we all have to make those choices but realizing that with every bite we take one bite at a time it, it, it does make a huge difference to the people who are living in food deserts um and and actually i'd like to speak a little bit about food justice cat with you and the other things that you saw when you walked across the country when um you went to these poor areas and um that were a lot of them maybe even in agricultural centers, places where they're raising these cattle um, inhumanely with feedlots and seeing the energy intensive of that and also huge fields, crops, farming where they're using till farming and um, exploiting the soil. Like you saw a lot when you went across uh, the country and I noticed after you got back, you changed your eating uh, hugely from that time. Yeah,
1: um, so part of the witnessing of being in conversation with people across the country eight years ago was hearing a lot of people who were not really understanding the concept of climate they were seeing and recognizing that weather was changing. The hydrology was changing. There might have been more or less water than what was traditional. Um, The wind patterns were shifting, the temperatures were rising, but few people then were really connecting the dots. And certainly very few people were connecting the dots between climate breakdown and food shifts in um, yields, in the health of the food itself. So uh, I spent a lot of time listening and really uh, hearing what people were saying and noticing that the dots were not getting connected. So um, when we were uh, moving from community to community, there might be farmers, there might be business people. I would often speak with mayors and policy decision makers. We would try to meet with rotary clubs. We would often stay at churches and community places and also stay with locals so that we could um, engage in a deeper dialogue and people were curious. We were quite an anomaly. We were like this weird parade of green hippies walking through with signs saying, you know, climate change is happening now. Take care of Mother Nature. I mean, all kinds of these things. There's no Planet B. Well, those were really weird things to a lot of people in Middle America. But Middle America is also a place where a lot of our food comes from, especially the feed and grain, the soy, the uh, corn, that is used to feed uh, our cattle and um, our dairy cows. And the cost of that to the climate is, massive and if you want me to show some of the data from that Donna, i'm happy to but it won't be a happy current reality it will be a shocking current reality
0: yeah you know what kat let's stay on a dose of positivity but i do want would like if um anybody's interested i'm gonna kat i'll ask you to share that data on the facebook group and um, so people can have access to it, to that. And I also have a lecture from two PhDs on climate change and food justice that I just posted up there with some of that. Uh, these facts that are chilling. And I think that if we can gear this conversation to um, being how, and, and anybody in who's on, I saw Amber's on here too, I'm super excited about that. Hi Amber, but um, I, the things that 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 we can do and the things that you are doing how you're empowering these young people um i would love for you to share the insight that you have from uh, and tell the tell everybody here what these young people are doing and how and then turning the conversation back around how we can support these young people that whole intergenerational thing so please don't so
1: in those uh, 28 online conversations, pause, countdown, COVID clues, climate acts, local impacts, we engaged in every single one of those 28 conversations, youth, indigenous elder, a local leader, and a nonprofit, And the intent of that was to create a conversation where we could hear from each other's perspectives. Uh, so often we get kind of siloed in all of us being the same. And I just uh, felt that youth had the energy and the innovation and the incentive to change the way we are living in Earth. The, chart of the oh, blah, 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 chart of the no. blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. blah
0: Thank you Greta. Right.
1: right. Greta's blah, 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 right. Um, and then uh, um, indigenous elders are desperate to connect with the young people. They know they are reaching their end times, and they have so much such important wisdom to share with upcoming leaders because the way that we have lived is not going to support life moving forward. We have a very short window, according to um, Indigenous elders. And so I want to, uh, I am linking elders and youth in an ongoing conversation. And the way we're doing that right now is through Living Brightly, we have gathered 15 to 19 year olds from around the world. And uh, we are engaging in a dozen conversations like food, energy, uh, leadership, youth, fashion, consumerism, uh, water, earth. And once a week we are meeting with them, going into a deep dive. We've just finished a three-day climate activation where they calculated their own carbon footprint. They learned many of these values about living close to the ground, um, understanding their place in the world. Um, So based on that, uh, we've got the youth, we've got the elders, And then we want to bring women and girls into the conversation. According to my indigenous guides, it is now time for women to stand strong and speak boldly. This is not a time for us to shrink. We need to bring life onto the planet. We know what it is to bring life through our bodies, whether or not we have given birth, We have all of the things in place in our biology to be able to do that. And now is the moment. So uh, we'll bring youth, indigenous women and girls. And then finally, we'll bring the business community in because that is where the the economic engine lives right now. I've invented a word called economology, which means an ecology that is based um, with a balanced economy. Right now, our economy, as you, can, as you can see, is way out of balance. We have very few people who own the vast amount of resources and a vast amount of humans on the planet who have very little to live on. That's just the human side of it the wildlife side is even more skewed. We've lost 90% of the large species in our oceans. So, uh, and then it it continues with insects. It continues with the um, base of the marine food chain. It continues with the elementals and the way in which our uh, hydrology moves. Um, you may have heard of atmospheric rivers recently. Well, that is all changing based on what's happening in the Amazon. Nothing is separate. All of these topics are connected. And we ourselves also need to remember that we are connected. Not only within ourselves, our head, our heart, our hands, but also for we women to experience that pain that deep giving birthness to really recognize how badly Earth needs us to reimagine and rebirth uh the nature of life on the planet right now. So uh yeah, does that
0: answer your question, Donna? Yeah, it sounds like you read my books. Living like if you matters, conscious cures. <laughs> it's so good. I love I love having soul sisters um, totally in alignment and who can articulate it so beautifully like that, Kat. You're amazing. And I'm so grateful that there are champions out there, not just talking about it like you're doing it with your living brightly and all the all the activities that you're doing. And um, when you think about a dose of positivity for anybody who's on the call who isn't right now active in or engaging in some kind of social humanitarian ecological endeavor um it is now now is the time whether like cat was saying whether you're an elder or you're you're 17 years old we can't expect the young children the young people to clean up the mess that we have made um or past generations and i'm not talking about we but we all have our Place in this because one bite at a time we make a difference with our food choices and that's just a simple act of kindness that we can do each and every day when we go to the store is it wrapped in plastic um, and 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 like when Robin Richardson comes on she's going to be talking about the value chain and the source and and the energy that it takes to bring um, from farm to Um, actually our entire digestive system because the pharmaceutical companies get a hold of us right after it goes in our mouths and then we're talking about the the antacids and all of the things that go on compounding just trying to help us eliminate that toxic waste out of our bodies which goes back into the food chain um and it's it's got to stop like kat was saying we we have a limited amount of time Um, there's scientists out there reminding us all the time that we have 60 years of uh, arable farm farmland left and so yeah we want to do vertical farming we want to drink uh eat hydroponics uh, we produce foods, but we're not getting the nutrients that we need. We've already seen that happening with um, the increase in epilepsy and all ADHD and all these chronic diseases that our young children, the diabetes rate of children is is 50% or something. It's like absurd. I mean, uh, juvenile diabetes it never used to even be a word. And now because of this, um, our children are, are suffering. And once we clean up our diets, that's 50% of the problem right there to reducing the climate change right there. That is where the biggest problem is, even greater than the exhaust that comes out of our cars, is our agricultural system. So um, Kat, I'd love to have you talk about um, things that you have, you know, learned from especially these indigenous elders on like do they talk about um uh like one of the things i know is like when buffaloes roamed you know and they used every part of the animal and their hoofs were their natural tillers of the land
2: mm-hmm. and they ate
0: the meat and then they could raise things and, and the manure and i mean there was that beautiful permaculture cycle that goes uh with that, but we didn't have the methane and the and the, and the toxicity that we see with the uh, food system. Everything from you mentioned earlier—dairy, our chicken, our beef—everything comes. Yeah. So, um, you got it. Uh, forgive that interruption. Uh,
1: yeah. So, what could we imagine if in eight years we were able to radically rethink our food? And the way that we produce it, the way that we, uh, the way that we treat the soils, the way that we um, share it, the way that we, um, the the taste of food that has just come out of your garden is incredibly different than the taste of food that's been uh, shipped halfway across the world wrapped in plastic and um, how much of that food cost is actually not even the food production itself, but just moving it to get it to your table. So thinking about embedded carbon is a piece of considering this linkage between climate change and food. So proximity of production counts, all of the things that you can do to um, bring your, your food uh, closer to the ground. Um, as Kuhyuk is an Anungan elder who's been convening the, uh, and I'll put the link for this in the chat, the wisdom weavers of the world. Uh, in 2017, I believe he brought um, maybe a dozen or so elders, from around the world, Uh, and from that he delivered to me the message that um, we need to eat, we need to stay low to the ground. And so I've really been asking myself that question, what does that mean in so many ways? And I didn't really understand this, Donna, I'm embarrassed to admit, until I was nine months in isolation, long hauling and recovering from COVID my personal carbon footprint went from 13 down to three when i stopped flying and so that's another aspect of staying low to the ground isn't it instead of all of that energy to move me around the planet by planes i really have not been doing that and um before COVID, I was looking around to see what's the government doing. I attended the conference of the parties in 2015 in Paris when everyone was so ebullient that every single nature, every single nation in the world signed the Paris Climate Accord based on um, NDCs, uh, Nationally Determined Contributions. Well, here we are, eight years later, and we aren't nearly as close to where we need to be from that so that is to say that i was looking around seeing okay who's solving the problem and what i realized was we were getting closer and closer to the end of the time where these systems were breaking down and living in alaska we had ocean acidification we had villages um falling into the ocean we had permafrost melting we had peat sequestration declining we had ocean acidification we had glaciers receding i saw this every single day and i'm looking around going nobody is either recognizing it or those who have decision making ability in policy were not doing anything about it in fact they were doing the opposite instead of taking action on it they were denying it now there's a little bit of warming to it and instead of denying they're delaying it well guess what delay and denial are the same dang thing it all leads to death for life on the planet so we need to be urgently taking action and i can't look around and see who else is doing that i have to learn those lessons myself now there are those who believe that that and and it was true the carbon footprint calculation was an invention by the oil and gas industry to divert uh, responsibility from them for the toxification of our atmosphere that's true but what other what other tool do I have as an individual? I am thinking but, but i can change, change things, things in, in my, my own home. way and that's what i encourage everyone who is listening today if you if you're a human being guess what you eat food so learn from donna and her guests how to implement these ideas because the the wiser we are in making our decisions with food and water and moving and energy all of those things will contribute it might not seem like a lot if it's just one person but one person times 7.9 billion current humans on the planet now that might make a difference there's a few other things we could do like having a nuremberg trial for the 100 people who are destroying the amazon rainforest we could be implementing policies that are are urgently stopping oil, gas, fracking, and coal. These things are not only polluting our lands and soils, but they're also disrupting our hydrology. Takes five to seven million gallons of water to frack a well. These things, when you add them up, they all have an impact on the way we live and the way we eat.
0: Oh, Kat, that was that so awesome. And um, COVID is, is a blessing in disguise. I mean, we, we know that the science is out there that when people were locked down, especially in early COVID, I mean, there there were kangaroos walking in the streets and wildlife was coming out everywhere. Um, the oceans were cleaner. The air was cleaner. CO2 levels dropped dramatically, even in just a short time. And so it's just interesting how Mother Nature um, ha- it, it is, is giving us all a wake up and time to reflect on everything that you just delivered in such an, Articulate way, a Nuremberg trial for these um, corporate entities that are—it's almost like I don't even want to say a Nazi regime or something, but it's really trying to—I um, don't know. There, there, there is an underlying really. Uh, without thinking conspiracy theories here, I'm not a conspiracist. I like to look at all sides of the coin, but I definitely so sincerely believe that this, like what we're doing here with a dose of positivity, what you're doing with Brightly, what Robin's doing, Global Food Collaborative, and what so many other people are doing, is these small tribes. Um, the wheels are starting to to turn, and while we're in this um, virtual world that we're living in, these connections are becoming more and more important uh, all the time. And the thing that I think that I feel, I just wanna express this Kat, and then I, I wanna ask you a couple more questions that I have been thinking is, and, and I'd like you all to think about this, it, You know, nobody wants mandates, nobody wants us telling what to do and I get that and I don't get that. Like you said we gotta act now we gotta act fast but are we willing to live with 50 energy are we willing not to fly for maybe five ten years are we willing to totally reduce our meat consumption in half or eliminate are are we willing to drive our cars 50 percent less are we willing to turn all our lights off at at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, no lights. Are we willing to um, only eat things that are low on the food chain? I
1: I just want to say, what if, what if we could accomplish all of the things that we wanted to do with all of those actions, but had a very, very low carbon impact? I am now communicating with you halfway around the world. I could have flown over there, but instead I'm having an intimate conversation with four, eight, 12, 15 people, most of whom I didn't know. So instead of having to go there, I can have the conversation here. What if we had regenerative agriculture in such a way, it was so healthy and nourishing that we, we radically reduced our health costs what if we had we had renewable energy so ubiquitous that every single structure in the world was built embodied with its own self-generating energy source and then we'd have what if we had so much energy that our ability to be imaginative and creative would create so much abundance that the possibility for life and light on the planet were incredibly exponentially advanced. So rather than thinking about, okay, if we want to get to a healthy place on the planet, we've got to give up all these things. I prefer to look at what is it that I'm trying to accomplish by doing that thing and how could I do it in another way that would be less damaging to the planet but bringing more life into my
0: life. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense and I think we're on the same page with that but I also feel like a lot of people are out there doing things that they want to do like go to huge concerts and and litter the world with their, I mean, the mess after these things. I mean, people want to do these things, so so you can do it all run solar or all run wind, but it takes fossil fuels to generate all these alternative energies. I think that the discussion- Just right now, or- just right now, just mm-hmm. in this moment,
1: what if, what yes. if we were able to understand how to do battery storage in a way that we don't have to have fracked gas peaker plants to stabilize our renewable generation? But let me say this my elders also tell me this that we will not innovate with technology our way out of this. We first need to be thinking from our heart, and we women even deeper from our womb, and have a wholesale reimagination of the relationship between humans within ourselves, between each other, with other species, and the way in which we respect the elementals in the planet
0: absolutely i love that and when you look at the indigenous cultures and you think about the ceremonies and the rituals and the way that they did things and um or you look at going another step deeper into the level of of this regenerative thinking and you look at how animals or how a deer or a moose graze and they never overdo it they just do enough to so that they can come back and and it's and it still grows taking only what we need using less giving more and i the the less energy we use the less power because our energy is power and those who hold the power are controlling the world the energy and if you use less of that these energy things to 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 do some of the things that we've been accustomed to do that we think are, oh, we we, we we should be able to go to the mall or we should be able, we should, we should. let But looking at the bigger impact on that, where it's this small margin of people that get to celebrate in this artificial abundance in the northern hemisphere, primarily, that is taking from the southern hemisphere, the inequality, which brings us back to food justice i think re-educating our children from a very early age and re-educating ourselves right now to learn to love like you were saying cats from our heart and from our womb and and getting entertainment with i mean who plays card games or 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 rides or bicycle play play spud in the streets or or soccer instead of being on a gadget because the batteries that go into all these electronics Are being mined from somewhere and these batteries are the next nuclear waste because nobody knows what to do with the waste from these batteries and i think we really in this conversation when we think about the food injustice that's going on in the world and our relationship to that using technology even as a tool like this is priceless and precious but do we really need a new iphone next year Do we really need a new computer when they know we know they have the technology right now why once a month once a year do we just not get a new chip to put into our phones a new chip to you know put into our computers what the amount of electronic waste right now is astronomical so we definitely have to um think about those things and so I think there is more opportunity than ever in the whole time in history for young innovators and 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 elders also to come into the picture in how to create less energy intensive ways of not just eating, but living, enjoying life. Incredible opportunities for that. How do we restructure and rebuild our communities, our downtowns, right, to to really accommodate that? Like, there's a guy, a beautiful guy, Billions for Change. I, I can't say his name, but he's in my book, and, and I'll have Till put it on our Facebook group. I mean, he he's the guy who created the five-hour energy drink, and he, he made millions of dollars, came from obscure, I think he was from Vietnam, totally broke, came here, made this energy drink, made billions, and he donates 99% of his money back to um, di- di- distributing wealth and resources to people. And one of the most genius things he came up with was this bicycle that if you ride it an hour a day, even in the most impoverished towns, people could light up their homes and cook their food and get exercise. And what if all the gyms were powered that way, right? Like you were saying earlier, Kat, and I love that. Like, how do we um, localize our energy sources rather than pipelines and trucking our food? and that's sovereignty, that's taking self-reliance. So go ahead and take that one and run with it. And thank you for letting me uh, share that because that that's deep for me, like right, less is more. Go well, ahead, Kat.
1: It, I just wanted to say um, there's a part of me that feels like, uh, I just want to mention, these are right now foods that we eat every day that are at risk of not being around in a short amount of time. And I'm pretty sure you're all gonna be very familiar with all of these foods. Coffee, chocolate, wine. Wineries have been uh, in California, have lost 40% of their production from wildfires and drying conditions apples same with almonds corn beans oysters oh my goodness Donna can you imagine oysters there were in uh, China Put Bay this year at McBride's Ketchumac Bay Wilderness Lodge there mm. were no mussels there mm. were no sea stars so this is an indication of the health of this bay that uh homer alaska is situated on kachemak bay and by the way mike mcbride is hoping to work uh on turning that into a world heritage site so let's talk about that um and then lobster and then finally maple syrup so um I feel like if this moment requires us to be courageous, mm-hmm. like really let's see the world the way it is. And it's difficult to do when we are, I think this was really the gift for COVID for me was just being in complete silence and um, having no uh, other engagements, just being quiet and noticing the changes, I felt like it reinvigorated my imagination to Mm -hmm. see the world the way I wanted it to be instead of the way that I was suffering inside, knowing that it was. Um, From age two, our historic hotel, the Northwestern Hotel, in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin burnt down. So I know in my body what that acrid smell is like. Uh, four years ago in Homer, Alaska, we had wildfires just down the street in Happy Valley, Donna. And then I came back to my winter home in Colorado and there were wildfires 10 minutes away the first, second, and fourth largest fires ever in Colorado's history were happening. So I just, and then two weeks ago, the Marshall Fire in a 6,000 acre area, 991 homes were lost. They had 115 mile an hour winds. We were at a 30 year low of precipitation. We had only received 7% of precipitation my friend said the grass was crunchy to walk on so all of this is to say the warning signs are going off will rogers warning 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 (laughs) we really must sit up and figure out right now what can we do right where we're sitting if you just turn your head 180 degrees and look at the things that surround your life ask where did they come from who made them talk about climate justice is our food is our food being produced by basically slaves is our food coming from so far away that people have to be enslaved in ships in order to transport it what what is our food being packaged with? Is it compostable? Will it break down? Are these all things that will continue the cycle of life? We've been tapping out the bank account of life on the planet for sure the last couple of hundred years. Twelve thousand years ago, Saudi Arabia they believe was a rainforest like the Amazon, but They cut trees down so they could build wooden ships. We are now cutting down the Amazon. They say it's 20%, but I have just listened to an expert on the hydrology of the Amazon, and he declares that it's a 40% drop in the vegetation. Trees act like geysers. They pull up um, the water and create this hydrology that pulls these uh, cycles around the planet. Well, if we lose that, we will absolutely shift climate on the planet. Look, Saudi Arabia does does not look like a rainforest today. And even planting three billion trees in Ethiopia is not going to change that. So we really have to understand the urgency. We have to understand our part in in contributing to the climate breakdown. Whether it's how we move, I'm not flying. Whether it's what we eat, not eating meat and dairy. Whether it's what we wear, haven't bought a new piece of clothing in years. Whether it's uh, how, uh, but but these are things right now that are a function of letting go i want to get to the place on the planet where we can be letting abundance propagate how can we exponentiate life on the planet not necessarily with more human beings because we have too many of us the carrying capacity is way overtapped. so How do we change the way we relate with each other in a good way, as the indigenous say? How do we celebrate what we accomplish? How do we celebrate ceremony? How do we bring the sacred into this conversation? How do we eat mindfully rather than just stuffing ourselves and doing something else at the same time? How can we just sit down, prepare a beautiful food, whatever that is, and then if we can how can we invite someone into our space and share what we have how can we care so much that when we see someone homeless and hungry on the street we offer what we have whatever we have how can we dare to imagine a heaven in earth rather than some
0: have and most have not mm, cat I'm so glad we recorded this. I just appreciate, that was just so beautiful. And I also wanna say, um, invite you guys, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletters, I I wrote a really um, pretty thorough blog on solutions and things that we can all do, many of them, which Kat just spoke from her heart. Um, And each week, I invite people to contribute but I love being able to stand on your shoulders Kat and have you be able to stand on mine sometimes and I notice there's some really excellent things in in the chat I love actually my husband actually Kevin if you're still on there would you come close the door speaking of energy there's been a guy out there blowing the leaves and it's so noisy Um, but I really want to have hear from we have a a question um Robin you you can if you would come off mute we would be so um delighted to hear from you and again Kat that was beautiful and I I can't wait to replay it
2: so So, here's here's my question and um Donna it's gonna blow your mind so sit still I don't want to see you blow up (laughs) when I ask the question it goes against everything but it follows up with what Kat was saying just a moment ago and it was just something I was thinking about the other day we've all been part of the uh, slow food movement talked about how to share meals bring our families together get together have one meal a day everybody prepare it sit down share it have conversation right we hear that over and over and over but what if we so you were talking about what could we do? And I'm thinking of the smallest little thing is what if we came together after preparing the meal, ideally, let's say together, but realistically, let's say doesn't happen, but everybody sits at the table and they don't talk. And they actually, Donna, I can see Donna going oh, no, I, 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 I. They actually take, look at their plate. Like they don't have distractions. It is a silent, and I'm thinking of my family, of extended family members, but I'm just saying like, and they sat and they stared at their plate and they looked at each bite and they thought mindfully, where did this come from? How was this grown? Who touched it? What soil? You know, those things are already planted to think about and you quietly eat your meal in a totally mindful, almost meditative way, and then you talk about it after. Because when you do that, besides helping your digestive system, I practiced the other day myself. And it was so uh, it was so captivating on how much food we do eat and trying to imagine the farm worker, you know, picking it in the cold temperatures. I I mean, would that help in us having a better understanding of the the blessing of the food, where the food comes from and imagining it feeding, you know, your your microbiome cells going, yes, high five or (laughs) You know it's not I mean all those things almost as a game I mean you talked about cat you know is fun and like just what can we do that's a very small thing it goes against everything we've always talked about about the meal sharing talking conversation so I just wanted to throw that out and ask you because cat was on that run a minute ago and Donna you know you're famous for creating community around food and health so go for it I'll shut up
0: but I, I also want to say how much I appreciate you saying that. And actually, I have a blog, a whole blog about that, that I wrote a couple of years ago about the power of 32 chews and eating in silence. And 32, there's just something about this. So it's an ancient number. It goes way back civilizations where that was the number to chew to, um, cause digestion actually, I always say starts in the kitchen because as soon as you smell something it comes to your mind but the 32 chews is like in your mouth where all the digestive enzymes begin and it takes that chewing that much to actually break that down and it really helps having some fermented foods with that probiotics fermented foods as as you're chewing and that really is is even better and and actually i i I love this idea like and, and that's why I'm so excited about bringing you on Robin as a guest to really uh, demonstrate the value chain and 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 that looking at what how much we take our whole food system for granted just like there's 32 chews there's at least 32 steps before we even have the opportunity to have 32 chews in our mouths and we just so much take that for granted so um I I also want to, I just, we're at the hour right now, and I really like, with respect for everybody's time, it's been an hour and I have a couple of announcements, Um, but I want to thank Robin, and if anybody else um, has um, some things, Tail's going to be putting a bunch of resources that I gathered, everything from the Pachamama Alliance to Bioneers, to Slow Foods, Slow Money, uh, tell you can start putting those in there and if you don't download the chat um food tank um, biomimicry and then of course Bob and i see you've got yours in the corner and i know Kat you have your book too even though i didn't read it but this this is a, a really uh, fabulous book to read and i have this uh pile of books i was going to go over them all in case we had dead air but we obviously didn't have any dead air here today and um so i'm going to put these um these books also bibliography in the in the uh, facebook group and i encourage all of you to put your anything to the solutions uh, positive things to 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 add to this conversation because one of the things we didn't even touch upon today, which I have another guest I'll be bringing on in uh, about a month, um, specifically talking about food waste. Uh, we waste uh, about 44% of all food is goes to waste, and that is total climate injustice because the amount of energy that goes into producing our food is and how, if we know that, how can we, how can we waste our food? So thanks for putting those in there. Does anybody else have any other questions? Because, um, uh, or, or would like to add to the discussion? It, it's so helpful. And then I'd like, Kat, for you to do just a, you already kind of just blew us away with those closing remarks. But I'm sure you have um, a few more words in there to share with us. And um, then I have some really cool announcements uh, I want to make. I'll just take a minute or two. Uh, and we're getting lots of this is amazing discussions. Thank you, Michaela. I'm just so happy that you're here. So happy everybody's on the call. Um, so anybody else want to raise their hand or have anything to else to say before um, like I say, everything will be in the Facebook group. If you've not already, um, on our emailing list uh please put your email in here it'll be confidential and you'll get a a copy of the email and you'll also get a copy of this recording and something very very exciting is not only are these recordings on youtube now but we also are have them up on podcast and they're starting to look really snazzy thanks to tj who's on the line tj come off mic and just say hi she might not she's shy tj yay tj, I have TJ come. yeah <laughs> and, to, and thanks to Tel for making this all possible i am so grateful to have a team and i'm so grateful to have a, a community like you that comes together um to have these deep discussions And next week, um, and Kat, I think I'll just, because I'm on these announcements right now, I'll finish them and then let you close down the house. But next week's guest is Dr. Harvey Eckard. He's gonna be talking about immune system building strategies, not just by what we put in our mouth and our minds and our skin, but our environmental immune system building things. And he's been a practicing physician for over uh, uh, almost 40 years. So we ask you to come with your health concerns and questions. And of course, food is always a topic on that. Um, and uh, n- last week's uh, Shows are already up though the talk with Shannon Kelly last year last week was was incredible so I hope you'll go on YouTube or on um, On our new uh, YouTube our new uh, Spotify and we're on all those channels and tell can you put that link oh she put the link in there and we'll also post that in our Facebook feed and the last thing um, I wanted to say was I am, if you haven't already read uh, my book, Living Like the Future Matters, um, I'm trying to get this book out to as many people as possible. I'm offering the first 50 pages, uh, a download for free. And then when people purchase the book, um, the the bonus that I'm giving with this are huge. All the proceeds for everything that I'm doing are going to help Tell and TJ down in the Philippines um, after this devastating typhoon. Um, as we all know, the climate is changing, and a lot of it has to do with the way we eat. And these girls eat like saints, and they don't deserve to be humiliated by a corrupt government and and um, horrific storms that are only getting stronger. So everything that you do helps support uh, that, and I think that's all part of the big picture. Cat um, that that we've talked about. is it's like giving back the haves and the have nots and how do do we bridge this gap? And I just so appreciate you uh, mentioning that in such a beautiful way. And with that, I think, tell you've got all the links going in there. I'd like to invite you Kat, just to um, bless us off with some of your elders wisdom. And um, Looking forward to seeing everybody back here next Thursday, same time, same place, and please invite your friends and family. Okay, Kat, thank you. Take it away.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So I feel like this is a moment where we are at a crossroads. Humanity can decide if we are brave and delighted simultaneously while we soberly acknowledge the current state of being, being within ourselves, the beings on the planet. And how can we change from a no and lack and fear mindset to a Yes, yes, like we (laughs) got this, like, imagine that, just like, cultural means remembering forward in Tanana. Imagine we're in 2030 and we look back on 2022. We go, yes, that's how we did it. Step by step by step, heart by heart, voice by voice, hands by hands, feet by feet, womb by womb, women and girls. Yeah, baby. We got
0: this we got this oh Kat Haver you are a delight I absolutely adore you and I want to thank you again so much for being an honorary guest today on a dose of positivity and sharing your brilliance your light your love and I am just honored to have you as my friend and womb sister and with that heads up hands up remember to breathe Remember that freedom lies on the other side of fear, and let's go out and take some of these action steps that Kat brought to us, and all of you know in your hearts, and make it a better day as we all live more like the future matters.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Kat. Well, yes. Give
0: me a Y, give me an E, give me an F. Woo! Yes! Woo! <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks again. And thank you, Kevin, for the great uh, Alan Abbey quote. Quote in there, that was great. <laughs> the, that was if everybody in Edward Abbey, yeah, tell we'll put that in the uh, Facebook group too. Thank you, my love. That is so awesome. Aloha.